You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Worried Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about some recruiting that's already happened. We've got some guys committed. Um, if you want to listen to a full-on uh, discussion of our latest recruits, go check out our show, Boom Tracker, on the E2C Network, uh, where you'll have Dallas Ham and Justin Hostler talk about um, each of them in more depth. Uh, but we're also going to talk about uh, some other things that have come out. Auburn's now claiming six national championships. Jared, how does that make you feel that we're now claiming six national championships over just two? We'll, we'll jump into topics a little bit deeper, but initial well, thoughts on that. Well, and first off, War Eagle, everybody, I, it, it takes away some of my jokes I used to make of the uh, other university, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed emotions about it, and um, I think we can dive a little deeper, but, you know, it, it uh, it's interesting. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see. I think it's more of a marketing thing, and I'm going to stick to it, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, another thing we'll be talking about is just coronavirus and how it, it's affecting things, how... Um, the NCAA is now allowing uh, meetings on campus in person starting June 1st. And then each conference is kind of like taking their own take on that when they're going to get started and how they're going to do it. Um, And we'll talk about the SEC in particular. Um, And then we'll talk about stadiums. How are stadiums dealing with this and how are they planning ahead to uh, get people in? Because I think it's very important you're you're saying the number of tickets sold is directly related to how much profit and money a university makes, um, not just for football, but for athletics as a whole. So uh, football is the a lot of times the lead runner uh, when it comes to bringing money into a university um, that has football in it. So I'm curious to see how, how each of these does it. So we'll jump into that a little bit later. Um, let's go to our first topic, Jared. Recruiting. We, we had a pretty spectacular couple last weeks um, of guys committing to Auburn. Um, like I said, go listen to Boom Tracker, um, recently released um, a great episode on breaking these, these guys down. Um, and But what we're going to take it from, all right, now that they committed, how is it going to impact Auburn from this point on? Now that they committed, how are they going to fit into the team? Um, so just kind of overall, we have – we had uh, two offensive tackles, big four-star guys um, commit. Uh, we also had uh, somebody named Cam Newton's little brother come play, <laughs> Kalen Newton. I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Um, and then we also had a number six dual-threat quarterback um, that Chad Morris has apparently been just going after trying to get. Um, 
and his name, and I'm probably going to butcher it. Like I feel like everybody probably does, but it's Demetrius Davis, not Demetrius. I think it's Demetrius or at least that's how the spelling is. So I hope I can handle his, I can handle his last name pretty easily. (laughs) I know. Since it matches mine. (laughs) You're probably familiar with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with that one. I, we, you know, AJ, we always joke, uh, me and my buddies, when a new recruit comes in or somebody will always post, Oh, we got a recruit. and, And we always follow it up with, can they block? Because, you know, that's been our big issue for the past two years. And uh, luckily, two of the four stars, the answer to that is, yeah, I think they can. So <laughs> yeah. uh, can they block? Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it's exciting to get Cam's little brother, even if it's just from a kind of a – I hope he makes an impact. But it's just exciting, just to, even a marketing kind of kind of impact there, I think. Anytime you can get Cam's name mentioned back out <laughs> on social media, it helps Auburn out. So uh, – and then obviously – uh, Mr. Davis, I'll call him Mr. Davis, the uh, dual threat quarterback. That's exciting, and it's really exciting to see the. Uh, somebody said that that shows Chad Morris's impact he's having, and that it's really his offense because he scooped into Texas and got a player that you know Gus probably wasn't ever really looking at, um, and we were able to get it because of his connections to Texas. So yeah. there's just things that are pointing towards this being Chad's Chad's offense, which I think we all agree. I, I love Gus, I really do, but I think it's it's best to have Chad running the show there. Yeah, and something that kind of got me thinking about, first off, Demetrius' his, his commitment to Auburn, he's committed to the 2021 class. So that kind of is showing to me uh, there's some commitment, hopefully, I, I'm hoping, maybe this is optimist in me, that Chad Morris will be around for that 2021 year. Um, because, I don't know, like I, I'd commit to – if I was a player, I'd commit to stability, the coaches still being there. Um, so, like, it sounds like there was a good enough pitch to him to say, not only Gus, but hopefully Chad Morris will be there just for stability's sake. Not, you know, we all take our stances on do we like Gus or not. But is it committed to, I don't know, just like the the leadership of the coaching staff? Um, and it sounds like it, it is, um, or at least that's the – perception that i kind of take from it what's your take I, I, on that I, I agree when i mean when it happens you all i automatically thought oh chad chad's still going to be here then and you never know i mean these guys are pitching they're going to pretend like they're going to be whether they are not however i will say this i think if this works out personally i have no inside scoop if this works out and gus continues on which i hope um i think chad's going to be here for two or three years i think he's going to need that to revitalize i mean because it was bad at arkansas Mm -hmm. and i don't really think it was his fault for the most part it was like bringing in a georgia tech guy he's got to he's got to redo everything just in a very tough conference but he he's got an image there that he's really got to clean up and two or three years at auburn with great offenses would would do that yeah for Um, sure and it would kind of hey he's still a really good offensive coordinator let's get him back up to the level of head coach which i think is where he wants to get back to um so I mean, from that standpoint, I'm hoping that Chad Morris stays around for at least a couple of years, maybe three tops um, before going to a different school, um, even if it's not as, a, I don't know, a headliner of a school as Auburn, maybe a, a lower level, lower tier kind of school. Um, let's see. So uh, uh, the other one, okay, so we talked about Kalen a little bit, but I wanted to ask you kind of like, uh, you, you mentioned you think he'll make at least some impact on, on this team. He's a three-star grad transfer. Sounds like he's more of an athlete 
I've heard that he's probably leaning towards more of like a wide receiver type role, though it's undecided whether or not he'll play wide receiver or go to defensive back or something else. Um, But what do you think his impact on this team is going to be? I don't really know. Um, You know, the, the guy's got something about him because, you know, he played at Howard. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but they were the they they hold the largest point spread victory in college football history. Whoa! And he he was the quarterback at that time. They were a forty five point underdog to UNLV. Um, and so there's something about him. He's he's you know it's that it factor really that you need. Mm-hmm. And if he brings that, if that's genetic, Cam had it. If he brings that to us, no matter what position he plays, it's going to have a huge impact. Um, but we probably, we don't talk about it enough. We need some help at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You're probably um, right. I mean, I, I know we all talk about Seth and we all love Anthony Schwartz and he is fast, but if you want to talk about game in and game out production, ain't a lot of people helping outside of Seth that's, you can absolutely count on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even I was thinking we started to test out guys like Matthew Hill and even Matthew Hill didn't get as much of a production as I kind of was expecting him in his second year as a wide receiver. And I mean, there's other guys like I know Shedrick Jackson is kind of working his way in. Um, there's other guys that like, I, I'm, I'm starting to think like you, we need more help at wide receiver um, to give Bo Nix all those weapons. And for us to not have to focus on, we got to run the ball and we got to give him outlets to, to pass to. Um, and I think it, let's come back to that, uh, biggest underdog win. Um, so, okay, put in perspective. So they were 45-point underdog, had a 1.2 chance to win, um, and they ended up beating – Howard ended up beating UNLV 43-40. to 40. So a three-point win, crazy um, point swing there that Las Vegas, as good as they are, could not predict this one. Um, and, Jared, you brought up – uh, before we got on here, App State versus Michigan uh, back in 2007. That was probably one of the greatest upsets in modern history. Um, just at least in my mind, it's one of the craziest upsets from a little name school beating a big name school. And even the App State upset win over Michigan in 2004 was a 33 point spread. Compare that to a 45 point spread. So, like, that's putting in perspective to me, that was a that that shows a little bit of that it factor of Kalen at quarterback coming in and making a direct impact for them and being somebody that, that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, we think UNLV. I mean, from a namesake, it was not the largest. But from a Vegas, and we talked about this, they're all data-driven. From, mm-hmm. a, from a data perspective, largest, largest upset in hit college football history. I think from a name standpoint, App State beating Michigan was. But to that Howard victory, just to – just to add on to that a little bit, I think Cam had 190 yards rushing for two touchdowns and then like 140 passing for another. So, I mean, he played a major role in that. And, you know, is he going to come in and win a Heisman here? Probably not. <laughs> but we don't need him to, really. I yeah. think that he's got some proven skill sets that he can come in and add, you know, with what we already have here. Um, and I think it was a good pickup. Yeah, for sure. I, I think this will be a good, if anything, kind of, find a spot for him and use what he's got since he's just an athlete he's quick he's fast he's he's good enough to 
be a quarterback. Um, so like, you know, there's, there's some, I don't know, just mental capability to process what's going on. Um, so hopefully that translates to whatever the new role is for him. You mentioned uh, somebody that I, that just baffles me though. You mentioned Matthew Hill and to me in last year's eight, eight game made some great catches. Mm -hmm. He's winning special teams player of the week every week, which usually gets you on the field more. And he's not on the field. Do we have any idea? And I, and the coaches want to win. I assume there's a reason he's not, but do we have any idea why he's not on the field? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I I haven't heard anything about it. I just know he's not out there on the field. Is it, uh, I mean, the first thought in my mind is maybe he's not, he doesn't grasp the scheme of the offense yet, or I don't know, but he's got uh, now two years under his belt. You would think he'd, he'd have gotten that by now. If it doesn't happen this year, it's not happening. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, usually a guy, if they're like in the doghouse or something, I don't even know if they get on special teams. I mean, he's playing. And he is always down there making tackles. I mean, mm-hmm. every every game is Matthew Hill. Yep. And that usually is enough to get you over that hump. So there's something else there. You're probably right. He de- maybe he's not grasping the routes properly or, or on the same page with Bo. Yeah. Um, but you also mentioned Shedrick Jackson, and nobody really talked about him. But, man, he made a catch in the Alabama game that got ruled a nine-catch that was a catch. <laughs> it's very true. And 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 it, it felt like in the bowl game, it, it, something started clicking to where when Bo had to go to his second or third read, Shedrick was good at finding the hole. Mm, yeah, and, that's true. And so I like seeing that connection there. I don't even know what I don't even know what star level Shedrick was coming out of high school. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we just need somebody to find that gap because um, uh, who's the who's the guy we just lost to the Patriots? He was our guy. Oh um, yeah, Will Hasting. Will Hastings was yep. the guy that kind of helped. He was kind of the safety net. Yeah. Uh, and we need another safety net now. Yeah. No, that's you're probably right. And, and I feel like a couple of years before that was probably like a Ryan Davis or something. It was. Yeah. Uh, you need somebody that can. I mean, Seth is Seth's a stud, but he's got to get a little help. And, and the more help we give him, the more studly, if that's a word, <laughs> he can become. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and okay. So I kind of want to wrap this like recruiting top, talk up. Um, and kind of like the future of Auburn uh, with somebody, something that I saw on Twitter, which I thought was kind of like summarized how crazy of a time and, and the amount of talent that we have at Auburn. So we've got Patrick Nick's son, Bo Nix, throwing to Bo Jackson's nephew, <laughs> Shedrick Jackson. And we also might have uh, Patrick Nix throwing to Cam Newton's brother, Kalen Newton. Like that's, that's those, those are some big names. Pretty good, pretty good marketing. <laughs> Recruiting is all marketing. And if you can, you know, you start throwing those bloodlines around, you know, to other recruits, that stuff matters, man, because it's just one little yeah. thing that tips somebody to come your way. And if they're like, hey, we're, you know, Bo Nix's nephew and Cam's brother and Patrick's son, like, come play with us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even, I mean, we're seeing Shedrick Jackson maybe picking up more of a role uh, maybe in his in this next year um, for Auburn. And, and yeah, if you get his name out in the the news, that's going to be more people, more recruits to see. Oh, it's Jackson. Ah, Bo Jackson. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know. It just it, it starts to click a little bit more. Uh, at least it does in my head. Uh, yeah, it does. This is where and greatness goes. It does. I mean, there. I know we got to move on, but there was a few years back. It was um, 
uh, Walter Payton's grandson or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where he may have went to Miami. Didn't matter. But when I heard his name, I immediately thought, great running back. Had never seen video of him. Don't know what star level he was. (laughs) But you just hear that and you're like, oh, that's a great running back. You know, and that stuff matters, man. Yeah, it does. Uh, All right, let's let's get on with uh, talking about another big topic that we have. Um, which came up over the last, I think, week now. Um, it was about Auburn now claiming six national championships in football. Um, previously, we claimed the 57 and now the 2010. Those are outright. We we won those. Um, nobody's arguing those. Um, but there were a handful of others that we just never claimed. Um, and a lot of times it was, say, the – the equivalent of like the AP poll said we won, but the BCS didn't. So what do you do in that situation where one poll says you win, another says you didn't. Um, and I think we just, in those situations just hadn't claimed them previously. Um, even though we, a lot of times had really good seasons, undefeated seasons even. Um, and so I think Auburn decided, let's go ahead and start claiming these. Um, so the 1913, 1983, 1993 and 2004 are the other four that we got. So now we're up to six national championships. Jared, I know you, you kind of joked about it earlier when we were doing the intro. Like now we can't joke around, oh, haha, Alabama. We can't like play <laughs> around with them of claiming national championships that aren't really theirs. But uh, besides that, what are, what is your take on us now claiming six? I don't know. And I'm even curious. I mean, it was kind of a weird article. Like, it, I don't, unless there's more that came out, I think it was an article by, by, by Philip Marshall that just kind of said, oh, we're doing it now. I didn't hear anything official from the school, but it does appear we are, I think, using those in the programs now. And the crazy thing is, that's really what Alabama did. Apparently, in the mid 80s, they had an athletic director that said, we're just going to start claiming them. Yeah. And then they moved on from there. And look, we'll get made fun of for a year or two. And then after that, people will from a main standpoint, forget about it. So yep. um, I think it will help in marketing. Um, you know, some people argue about, um, are we claiming 93? Is that? Uh, the, we're yeah, claiming, n- yeah, 83 n- and 93. Neither. Okay. Some people will argue 93 because we were on probation. And to me, it's always been a popularity contest until mm-hmm. we had a playoff come up. It's always been, who do people think should be it? Yes. Um, even the BCS era, you had to get it down to two and there's definitely four that could claim it. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a problem with it overall. Um, some people will, will we get made fun of? Yes. Yeah. Does it matter? No. <laughs> um, but you know, it should start some good Twitter uh, banter. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, 
recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I mean, I feel like any time in this offseason when there's actually no football going on or any sports for that matter that are major, I, I mean, it's just anything to talk about. But, hey, this is something I, I think that's good to talk about. Uh, I personally don't necessarily mind it too much um, because I'm thinking from a marketing standpoint, you pitch to somebody, hey, we've had all these great players. We've had six national championships. Compare that to two. Like two sounds minuscule. You, your school has been around for how many years? You have two national championships. If you yeah. throw six out there, that's substantial. That's showing recruits. You have tradition. You have, uh, you have the pretty much the record to show that you've been there you've done that you've been at the top and come play for us we can get you to the top um and and i think that's that's important that's very important to a player now i mean it has been for a while but like getting to that national championship winning it all is always the childhood dream (laughs) Um, it is and i think you know i didn't have cable back in 1913 so i I didn't get to see those (laughs) those games play the old fart but (laughs) but i mean 83 i mean you know i don't know all the the total specifics but we were either number two or three going into the bowl season and we won ours and two or three did not Mm -hmm. and we got jumped and you know oh four i mean that's the biggest travesty in sports history of us not at least having a shot so yeah um, you know if you want to claim those two i got zero problem with it if you want to claim 93 that's fine because the the situation had been dealt with this was a after the fact um probation yep um so it wasn't like those it was players. a new coach too right yeah a new coach and i don't think that it was a you know a benefit from that um you know should we have been punished whatever i'm not going to get into that but we were Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't think those players were uh, an added advantage because of that. So, um, and they didn't lose. Yeah. I mean, you um, go a perfect record and you beat teams like they did. I mean, that's crazy. Um, I mean, even the AP poll at least gave us, I think for the 1993, yeah, ranked number four in the AP. So, like, we had at least some notoriety even with the probation and not being able to go to the conference championship and not being able to go to a bowl game, even still like was we're up there. Now, if we didn't have probation, I feel like that would take away whatever asterisk that people put by that year because of probation. Uh, and we, I think we might've been able to get up, like you said, into those top two and been in that championship game. If we didn't have that probation looming over us, you know, in college football, and this is what makes it so great and so frustrating sometimes fans are going to pick at you for everything. So it really doesn't (laughs) matter what you do. Um, and then they're going to copy it a few years later. So I assume that if we do this, Georgia fans will make fun of us. And I guarantee you in a few years, Georgia's program will say we have six championships too, because they probably can claim six as well. Mm -hmm. If you're using Bama math. So, 
Um, I think it may become a trend and, and it's just because the marketing has become so, it's always been important, like you said, but it is so important these days. And it's real nice to go in and say, hey, look, guys, we went undefeated in 04. We had all these great players. It doesn't have the impact as saying, hey, you know, we're we're counting that as a championship. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, and I think we both agree on this, it's probably comes down to marketing. I I think from a fan perspective, right now it's fresh. We only think of two national championships. We only have two on the side of our stadium, for goodness sake, that say national champions, 57, 2010. They're going to change that probably if what Philip Marshall was saying is true. It kind of sounds like the university is starting to move towards we're going to claim those um, officially um, and start using that to get more people. Hey, we've been there. We've done that. Uh, well, and I got I, one more point real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't really know what impact AJ, uh, not AJ, Alan Green has had on this. And maybe we were always fearful because everybody inside was already Auburn people. And, and maybe we got a outside opinion in and he said, claim them. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's like, you know, uh, who cares what the outside thinks, you know? Yeah. Uh, it could be a lot of his doing. So um, could be. who knows what went on behind closed doors. But I guarantee you he had a big voice in that. And, and he's not an Auburn guy. So mm-hmm. um, he is now. But yeah. And when he moves on, he won't be. So, I mean, uh, you know, maybe he had a huge impact on that. Yeah, it could be. And, I mean, I, I was thinking kind of like you. We, we at Auburn try to be traditionalists. I feel like a lot of times we're traditional. If we didn't outright win it, we're not claiming it. And we, we, maybe some rumblings decided or started happening saying, Hey, let's start claiming some of these. We had a legitimate shot. It was just the, you know, like you said, the popularity contest, we didn't win that. And so we didn't get to go to national champion. We weren't the outright champions, but we still have a claim at it um, because other sources, like for example, um, what was it? I was looking up the, uh, yeah, even like the 1983 where we end up losing a game. Um, we were 11 and one that season. And yet still the New York times said Auburn was the national champions. And so like, I'm okay with that. I think it's okay to claim that extra championship if it's out there, like the New York times. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty, it's been out there for a while. It's a relatively credible source. Like, it's hard to fight against that. <laughs> um, now, if it was just like, you know, AJ Richardson at blogspot.com or something <laughs> like, I mean, like that, that's, I wouldn't. Hey man, don't that. say, don't say yourself short, AJ. That's a, that's a legit blog spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about, uh, kind of switch sub- subjects a little bit and kind of finish this podcast up, uh, kind of around, I mean, I feel like we always do it coronavirus and how it's affecting the sports um, what's that what, what's, what's corona what's coronavirus there's Corona-ville? something going on i hadn't heard about yeah <laughs> that rona i heard about <laughs> rona <laughs> um so uh, this is pretty neat i mean i think ncaa finally took a stance and said hey if you want to we're allowing um you to meet on campus in person starting june 1st um so as of now it's like a week from now um so I think that's pretty neat to see that they're they're taking a stance and saying, all right, go for it. And then each conference is kind of taking their own stance on it. Um, the SEC has said, hey, you can go ahead and start having practices. So guess what Auburn did? All right, cool. We're going to start having practices on June 8th. So, I mean, I think that's a neat way of kind of rolling things out. Um, and, I mean, it's really up to each region. 
which I think was kind of interesting when I was looking at the other conferences that are out there. And a lot of them are slow rolling this, especially on the West Coast. Um, I mean, it has hit like California a lot harder than it has um, a lot of these Southern states. Um, but I thought, I don't know, like how, how do you think that's going to impact, uh, say, SEC opening up a month ahead of time and saying open up practicing versus, say, USC out in California? There's a lot of variables in this, um, and I did want to make one point. It's, it's voluntary workout June 8th, and I saw a former Auburn player post on Twitter that said anybody that's ever played uh, sports in college, they know what voluntary means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're there. You ain't playing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, we got the NCAA saying that they're not going to they're not going to head this thing up. It's going to be each college. Um, while I understand why they're doing that, I think it creates issues because, like you said, the SEC's starting June 8th. I don't know when the Big Ten's starting. Pac-12, they haven't even hinted at starting, I don't think. So, um, you know, are they going to then push for the games to start later? Mm-hmm. Um, and is there going to be pushback on that, saying y'all should have started practicing sooner? Um there's a lot of moving parts, and I really, while I get why the NCAA is not heading this thing up, yeah, it, I think it creates more obstacles. Mm. Yeah, and I'm see this is where I I don't know how each university is necessarily gonna. I mean, like like you said, it's voluntary. Come out and play if you want to, but like if somebody legitimately doesn't feel comfortable, I mean, it puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, so I don't know. Like that's that's the hard part of yeah, it's voluntary, but like, is it really voluntary? Um, <laughs> I got an answer for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um, but you know, it also depends on like what next. So they come on campus. It's workouts. Or the universities like okay, are they staying there and then not yeah. going back around family? Like, what's like, the are plan they living after in workout? The dorms even like how does that work? Yeah, because to me, and not a doctor, and it can hit anybody, but these guys are so young and healthy that the chances of it being a huge impact on them is slim. But if they take it back to a family member, that's where it could be an issue. So, like, sure. what are we doing? Let's say workouts end, you know, June 25th. Yep. Uh, they allowing them to hang around a little bit longer, you know, to kind of quarantine mm-hmm. until they can go home. Or I don't know. It's just a lot of weird moving pieces. Yeah, for sure. And then... A few weeks later, you come back to campus for classes that start up. Right. I mean, how does that work? Then are you allowed to go see your family after a game or something? Like, how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I did read because somebody was, was knocking the SEC saying they don't even have a plan, and that is not true. What I read was um, there's going to be, like, daily testing. Number mm. one, you're going to be checked for fever and stuff. But I think something I read almost sound like they're going to be tested daily. Um, wow. And, you know, if anybody has it, then they're going to take the proper precautions. Um, I don't know the answer to this. Before March Madness, the protocol was if anybody on the team has it, you got to quarantine everybody they played and everybody mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. If that's still the case, we're not having football. Yeah. I, I think now they're probably just going to, okay, somebody had it, they have to quarantine, keep checking everybody's temperature. Yeah. That's the only way you can play. Yeah. 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 That, oh, man. I mean... And kind of then the back of my mind is, okay, what happens if 
half of a team gets coronavirus, like that's directly going to impact how well a team is able to play or something like that. Um, because I mean, those guys are in close, uh, confined and not necessarily confined areas, but like in a locker room where guys are pretty close. Um, how does that work? If, if half your team's sick and you've got a game on Saturday, you can't play those guys. Um, no. And I just thought of another thing. Cause a lot of these guys are going to be asymptomatic cause they're so healthy. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be universities that are saying, yeah, we're adhering to the rules, but they're really not testing them because uh, they don't want to know the result. Uh, um, you know, cause it's again, from what I hear, these guys may have it and not even know it. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be people that are going to, use that to their advantage i can guarantee you yeah you're probably right um and that's that's kind of the unfortunate nature of it all um i feel like teams and colleges can probably take advantage of this and i really hope they don't um but it's inevitable i mean it's just human nature to if we can cut the corner here and get our star quarterback to be able to play even though he just tested positive let's do it if he's not showing any symptoms get him out there (laughs) Yeah, don't even test him. If we don't test him, we don't know. Mm-hmm. He looks healthy. He feels healthy. And, um, yeah, so I think there's going to be some bending of those rules because, again, it's not really being run by the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, something else that I just kind of wanted to put out there, and you've probably seen it, uh, but Pat Dye, um, and I think this kind of ties into it, is he tested positive for COVID-19, um, but he it's kind of sounds like he was put in the hospital for other things. I know he's had some kidney issues going on, um, but did test positive, and that's very sad because he's just he's one of those it could take over, and if it does happen, I mean that could be really bad for him. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family dealing with this, and I'm sure very limited contact with him just because of the nature of the virus. But I, I just. I hope he's able to get through this and uh, be able to see um, some more days in his life. I did hear something positive, and who knows if it's true or not, but they said that um, he's actually been asymptomatic about corona. It was He's in the hospital for kidney, and, and they test because you're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, somebody was reporting he had been asymptomatic, and I hope that continues because, yeah, he's, he's definitely in the – if you have kidney issues, yeah. Um, hmm. So our, our thoughts are definitely with um, – um, him and his family but yeah. um, maybe that's some positive news that at the moment he had been asymptomatic yeah i mean that is positive and i feel like if he was having any respiratory type issues that coronavirus can bring that he hasn't shown any of those because you add that with any kidney issues oh man like, yeah yeah that's that's rough on a pretty much anybody but it is um yeah um all right last little topic and i, I I know you brought this up to me off the air was related to Ohio state and kind of how they're treating coronavirus and getting people into the stadium and that kind of stuff. Um, so it sounds like they, they're going forward with saying, Hey, we're going to have football. You're going to have a limited number of people in the stands. Um, but you kind of brought up an extra question, which I saw that you posted on your Facebook was how, how do the tickets, like, how does that work on, like, a secondary market? So I wanted to kind of open that up and talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, and and to go even further than Ohio State, I just saw an article before we jumped on uh, um, AO.com that was kind of talking about how there there is serious talk of, you know, it's going to be a six six feet apart 
um, for seats unless you're family. So uh, there's a little bit of credence to the Ohio State that came out about a week ago, 25 to 50,000 people. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I immediately said, you know, what is the secondary market going to, because I mean, these tickets are getting to a hundred dollars regular face value. Yeah. And if, if you're only allowing 25,000 crazy SEC fans into a stadium, (laughs) um, and some people are going to do it out of the nostalgia to be like, Hey, I was a part of the 25,000 when they tell the story 10 years later, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much people are going to pay. Uh, I would assume for an Auburn LSU game, I would think $500 would not be crazy if, if we're both having good seasons. Yeah, if you're both having good seasons, and I mean, it's towards the end of the year when we put, we're going to play LSU, there's maybe national championship uh, and playoff kind of hopes for t- teams. Oh, man. Like, even if both teams are just top 25 teams, that could be an extremely good game. Um, and man, that, that would be a crazy thing to see is tickets selling for like $500 for a game like that. Um, but I could see it happening. Um, I mean, like me personally, I wouldn't necessarily pay that much over probably the, I don't know say, say the tickets a hundred dollars. I probably wouldn't pay more than 150 for a ticket. Like it's yeah. just, I can sit from home, watch it from here and enjoy it. Um, but I know there's some people out there for those bigger games, they're willing to pay that, you know, twice the ticket price, if not a lot more, like you were saying, like that five times the ticket rate, if it means getting in the LSU game that, that you know is going to be really good. So Yeah, the Iron Bowl is not at Auburn, but it would, let's say it is 25,000 allowed in Bryant Diddy. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, if both teams are good and, and can't even fathom if both were undefeated, I mean that ticket price. There is no limit. I mean, yeah, twenty five. You're only getting twenty five thousand in. Um, and what are they going to do about people that are tailgating? I mean, if you allow fans, period, yeah. on campus, you can only control who gets in. So, what are you going to do about tailgating? I guess you can control that, but how do you control the tailgating aspect? And there's a lot of things to think about. It. If you shut, if you shut the town off, except for football players, that's a lot easier. But if you're letting some people in then people are still going to congregate outside the stadium. Yeah, and and tailgating brings up another I mean we're we're not going to dig into it too much but that that's a whole another level of contact because there's people that aren't part of your inner quote-unquote inner circle or whatever we're calling it in coronavirus times of your safe people um which are usually just the immediate family you're seeing other people people come and go from tailgates. And that's a lot of contact um, that happens. Hey, uh, Auburn people call themselves family. You think we'll use that as a loophole in this situation? Or <laughs> <laughs> fill Good that thought. bad boy up and say we're Good family. Thought. Hey, we're, yeah, we're family. Like <laughs> We're family. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's a serious thing, man. It's a, I, I, it's a serious issue from a health standpoint, serious issue from an economic standpoint. I don't want to be the one making the decision on this. Um, and... Um, uh, I just hope that I hope that it's a coordinated effort. If it's just helter skelter, it's going to be a mess. I think, mm-hmm. I think we so need too. we need legit guidance on if this happens. Here's what you do. Um, otherwise, people are going to take advantage of it, and and nobody's going to really know what's going on. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, like we talked about earlier, even if you're a healthy person, bringing it back to somebody who may not be as healthy or. Uh, I mean that that's the kind of worry that I have with this kind of thing um, and that you know getting the numbers back up for wherever you're at I mean, yep. that's 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 the scary part I agree but, 
I mean, like you said, I'm, I'm glad I'm not making that decision on opening up and when to open up uh, football stadiums for, for this kind of thing. Man. Yeah, it's a tough, tough decision, and um, I get why they're pushing to play because, they, I mean, that's going to affect a ton of sports if they can't. Um, but anyways, hopefully they're just uh, heeding good advice, and hopefully somebody's making the final call that everybody has to kind of follow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, do you want to uh, tell people how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, you, I'm just under my name on Facebook, uh, Jared Davis, and also on Instagram, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?